Hi, I'm Olaomi Brigway, and I began to experience all-round supernatural success in my life when I finally accepted that no matter how hard a person works, they will never rise above their level of thinking. Are you looking for transformation from the inside out? Then join me on the Super Abundant Life podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Super Abundant Life podcast, where we tackle real issues by examining the lives of real people and extracting real life solutions that are rooted in the wisdom of God. This is your host, Olaomi Brigway. What we're going to be looking at this week um, is how to recover what is lost, all right? So you may have an area of your life. So when I say lost, um, I'm literally referring to areas of your life that um, you had it. So things were going well, you were happy um, with the progress that you, <clears throat> that you were experiencing in that area of your life. But then maybe something happened or through a series of events, or maybe it's just the fact that there was a passage of time all right because you know <laughs> when we don't really focus on some things because of the passage of time there may be um a diminishing in the core value or the quality of that thing so that's what i mean so an area of a life that started off beautifully but has now lost its shine what do you do how do you get it back so for example i've said if you have lost intimacy in your marriage um the marriage started beautifully but now maybe you're barely talking to each other or you know fighting and arguing and all that kind of stuff um it might be your career that took off and you were very happy and satisfied with the progress that you were making but it now feels like you know it has plateaued and you don't quite know what to do or it might even be in terms of parenting um, you're getting certain reports from school that your child is this or that they're not complying with what they're supposed to be doing or they're not even doing well academically uh, so these are the things that I mean, all right, by restoring what is lost. So it's not um, something that you have not experienced before. So specifically, I'm talking about areas of life or situations whereby you did have this thing. You know what it feels like um, for, for this area of your life to be, to be good, for you to be satisfied with it, for you to be happy with it. But then through a series of events or because over time you may have not paid as much attention to it as you would have hoped it has gone downhill and you're thinking how do i bring restoration to this area so that's what we're going to be looking at today recovering what was lost okay and today as we always do we do character uh, um, studies so we look at characters in the bible we look at their life, we study their life, and as a result of, of that, we extract life lessons that are practical um, for us to be able to use today, okay? Um, and the whole point of this is to show you that the Bible is a living document. It's not just about stories. The Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible, and when we go into the Word of God, it literally is a book of wisdom. Anything you need, wisdom, whatever wisdom that you need for any area of your life presently, all right, future-wise, the book of wisdom, the Bible has answers. 
All right, so let's get into it. So we do characters this week. Um, this is going to be, a, I think it's a fictional character because it was actually one of the parables of Jesus. So what we're going to be doing this week is deviating slightly from what we've always done, which is to take an actual character, someone that we know lived, um, studied their lives and they extract lessons. Today, we're going to be using one of Jesus's parable where he talked about a particular woman. Now, because it was a parable, I'm going to assume that the woman didn't actually exist. So he used her story as an example to teach what he was trying to pass across. But nonetheless, there are so many lessons to learn from this woman. Okay, and that's the uh, parable of the woman with the lost coin. So it's a parable of the lost coin. Now, based on what I promised when I promoted this Bible study, today is not necessarily about lessons. Um, we always extract lessons and apply to lives. What I'm going to be sharing today are actual steps, okay? There are steps. So step one, step two, step three. If you have an area of your life that you know started beastly, so something that you have enjoyed, uh, whether it's marriage, whether it's finances, you, you know what it feels like for this area to be booming or for you to be happy with it, but then for some reason it has deteriorated, it has gone downhill. You have quote unquote lost it in that area, you have lost that area of your life, it has gone down. So we're going to be looking at what this woman did, all right, and it's literally three verses or so two or three verses, and, but it's packed full. So we're going to actually extract three steps that if you commit to these three steps, there is no area of your life that you cannot turn around and you cannot transform. So our character today is the parable, the, a woman in the parable that Jesus shared, the woman with the lost coin. All right, so let's go into the Bible and I'll give a bit of a backstory based on what we know about this woman and what Jesus told us. So he says that a woman has 10 silver coins and then loses one. So the woman has 10 silver coins and then loses one. Now, the first thing that I see straight away in this, based on what you know, Jesus has said about this woman is this. So she has 10 coins. That is, if you compare that, that's, you know, that's like saying, everything in her life was going smoothly, okay? All the other areas of your life. So things were good. It wasn't like she was poor. It wasn't like she was in a crisis situation per se, all right? Things were generally good, okay? Um, but she now says that one of the coins got lost. So it's, if we liken it to our own life, so maybe your finances is fine, career is doing well, marriage is fine and so on, your health is fine, um, your social network is fine and you know you you know and, and all of that you're you're spending time with family and friends and then for some reason you're getting calls from school that maybe your child is misbehaving or maybe you know they did their exams and you're hearing that they're not doing that well and all that. Now the thing about it is it's so easy to dismiss and say, well someone might say why one of the first things i noticed about this woman is she dedicated everything that she had to bringing that area back to speed so she didn't approach it in a way by saying oh well if i look at all these other areas of my life and uh, this one it doesn't really matter so i'm talking about an area of your life that you can't dismiss 
right? I've just given an example of if everything else was going fine and then you start hearing bad reports about your child, maybe at school in terms of behavior or whatever it is, you can't ignore that. You can't say, well, my career is fine, my marriage is fine, I have my health and then ignore your child. So that is what I mean. A significant area of your life, you know, um, takes a hit, meaning you have to approach it with dedication all right now look at what this woman did the first thing i'm just giving a bit of a backstory before we now go into the steps she paid attention to it at no point jesus didn't say that this woman decided to call her friends or start complaining she didn't blame anybody she didn't start to speak against anybody she didn't try to point fingers she literally took personal responsibility and said okay where you know how do we go forward what do we do how do i find this coin that was lost that was her disposition to the matter that was the way she approached it she didn't feel sorry for herself she didn't start saying oh where did i go wrong why is this happening to me pointing fingers as well oh it's your fault it's because she didn't do this it's because she did that and so on she took personal responsibility and that was the way she approached it and she also decided that i'm not going to sit back and be laid back about this this is an important area of my life all right someone might say oh but you have nine other coins may do that but i gave the example if your child is misbehaving at school or they're not doing well in exams you don't say because i have my health and because my marriage is sound I'm going to ignore that. No, you have to actually go for it. That is the gravity with which you take it. And that's what she did. She was not casual about it. All right. She didn't put it aside. She decided, look, we're facing this matter. And whatever it takes, whatever it takes, we're going to sort it out. Okay. The reason why I gave that backstory is this. Sometimes it can be easy for us to become comfortable in discomfort. You know that that marriage is not working. You know that the finances have been like that for years and years and years. These are major areas of life, but somehow we tend to become settled in that discomfort and we're like, well, as long as I have this, I'm fine. As long as I have my health, I'm okay. Or even it might be health. You might, you know, you may have received reports or whatever it is to change something about your health, maybe diet, exercise or whatever it is. Well, and this is very common with women as well. Um, I'm speaking for myself as well, right? You might say, look, my career is fine. My marriage is fine. My children are fine, right? Health, we'll come to that later. It's not, you know, do or die. That is what I mean. This woman understood the value of every single area of her life. She understood that if God has given her 10 coins, then who is she to say, look, if one is lost, it doesn't matter. If one area of my life is not where I want it to be, it doesn't matter. I'm going to just keep going. Right. All right. The first thing we need to understand is God wants the best for us in all areas of life. He wants to bring us into that place where we're enjoying all things in all areas of life. It is possible to have it all. All right. It is possible to have it all. We see that in the life of this woman. She had 10 coins. 
given to her. She lost one. She didn't say, I still have nine. I'm going to forget the one. No, she went after it. So that's the first thing that I noticed in terms of the backstory for this woman. So any change that is worthwhile, all right, requires focused time, commitment, and energy. Don't dismiss it. Don't think everything else is working okay. It doesn't matter if my health is like this or I don't feel good in my body. As long as the rest of my life is fine, I'm going to ignore that. Let us, you know, uh, what I see is, you know, she was able to decide that this is important, just as important as every other area of my life. And she was willing to sacrifice whatever it cost to bring that area back to where its rightful place and where it was supposed to be. So I'm not going to get into it. And what I'm going to share with you are the three steps that I saw, three things or three stages that this woman went through all right, from the moment she realized that um, the coin was lost and from the moment where she decided and, you know, dedicated everything to it, that I'm not just letting this lie, all right, I'm going to put everything into it. There are three things that help her, helped her come to the point where what was lost was found and restored to her. Okay, are we ready? <laughs> all right, so let's start. So I'm reading for Luke, from Luke chapter 15 and verse eight so i'm going to literally read you know read a phrase or sentence show you what the step is and then go on to the other steps so the first one says luke 15 8 says suppose a woman has 10 coins and loses one now the first thing all right i told you this was very quick the first thing the bible says it says won't she light a lamp will she not light a lamp and i found that very interesting because we read these things over and over again, but if you don't actually stop to meditate on the word, the wisdom in that word, we will not extract it. So it literally takes a minute, less than a minute, it's two or three verses to read that thing. If you read Luke 15 as part of your, you know, daily Bible reading, just read it, huh? okay, she found her coin and you move on. But it's actually packed full of wisdom. So it's the first thing that she does is she lights a lamp. Why do you need to light a lamp? Or when do you light a lamp? When you have no light, all right? So the first thing actually that this woman did is so powerful. She acknowledged that she did not have the light that she required in that situation. You know how we get to a point where, like I said, an area of our lives is failing or is deteriorating and so on. And we begin to come up with all sorts and say, I have done everything I can. I have done everything possible. You know, we, we take that stand. I've done everything. I've done everything. I've done everything. Look, I don't even know. I don't know, what, you know how to move forward and so on. I have I've tried. I have done this. I have done that. Da, 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 but it's still getting worse. What, do, what, what else do you expect me to do? That is, how is it possible to have done everything? If I'm saying that, oh, I have done everything, that means I'm saying I know everything. The truth is you have done everything you know to do. And that's not everything. All right. There's infinite wisdom, much more wisdom that you, that you yet don't have access to. And the truth of the matter is, if we're being quite blunt, if the situation still looks like that, it means you are missing something. It means there's light that you still don't have it means you're still walking in darkness in that area of life 
That's the first thing to acknowledge. If the marriage is failing, both parties need to come to the point where they understand, where they agree and they acknowledge that there is something about prospering in marriage that we don't yet know. If my child is misbehaving, I need to be humble enough to say to myself, there is something about parenting that I still don't know. All right. Not taking the stance of I have done everything I know to do. Well, I'm out. That's it. You know, I've done everything. It's not possible. It's not possible for you to have done anything. If I've done everything, it means that I, you know, I've put myself in a position of God who knows all things. I don't know all things. At every stage, even now, remember that I mentioned at the start that this particular area that I'm talking about was prospering. So this woman had 10 coins. Everything was intact. Everything was beautiful. But then she lost one. So one area of your life just suddenly <laughs> went downhill. So it may have started well. In fact, it did start well. You prospered at some point. Your finances were on fire. Right? Your career was blossoming. But then, you know, you took a hit. Something happened, series of events, and then you can't explain what's happened. Now, the other mistake that it's easy to make is because you prospered, because you know what prosperity is in that area, it's easy to take that stance that, look, I know what, it, what is required. I know how to succeed in this area. And always going back to what brought you prosperity in the past. But the truth of the matter is life is in seasons. Life is in seasons. So let me use parenting for, example, for an example. The way you raise a five-year-old is different from the way you raise an 11-year-old. The way you raise an 11-year-old is different from the way you interact with an 18-year-old. So when people say, oh, my teenager is misbehaving, check. Just because the child was well-behaved and the stellar child doing well, perfect, right? From age zero to age 11 or 12, does not, you know, it does not mean that the way you raise that child at that point will stay the same. You need to find out the wisdom or the light for this new stage, all right? So that's what I mean. The first thing the woman did was she lit a lamp. She put on the light, all right? She didn't say, oh, I have everything that I need to know in this situation. She was teachable. She acknowledged that I have a knowledge gap. In this there's something i still don't know there is something i still don't know all right so the, what are we saying here she humbled herself all right she humbled herself she didn't take the stance of which is you know when we when i say i've done everything it's really pride it's not even people say sometimes because they want to show that they have they're committed and they've been dedicated i've done everything i tried this i tried everything the, the, what you're really doing, that's pride, it's not commitment. Because if you're saying you've done everything, you're putting yourself in the position of God. God is the only one that knows all things. If I say I've done everything, right, I'm saying all possibilities are available to me, which is never the case, all right? So she humbled herself and she acknowledged that there is a gap in her wisdom. She didn't point fingers. All right. The Bible doesn't record that Jesus said she started calling maybe her husband or something. I say, why did you know? Why did you put the coin there or whatever? She didn't call anybody. She didn't point any fingers. She took personal responsibility. She humbled herself and then she put on the light. Now, what does putting on the light mean? Going to God. You have to humble yourself. 
and take this area, you have to forget everything, the expertise that you had acquired in the past. You have to put it aside and humble yourself just because you did it a certain way that brought you success and prosperity in the past does not mean you will now use the same methods again because the season may have ended and a new season may have come, all right? Someone said, what got you here won't get you there. So the fact that you did some certain things that got you, brought you a lot of success and brought you here does not mean this is the same set of skills, wisdom, knowledge, etc. that you're going to apply to get you to the next level. So to humble yourself, you go to God and ask him to open your eyes. Ephesians 1, 17 to 21. Colossians 1, 9 to 12, I believe. All right. Ask him, Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in um, the spirit of wisdom and in the knowledge of you in this situation. What is your mind? What am I missing? Open my eyes. All right. That was the first step. So step one. All right. And I said this week, it's not lessons. It's literally the steps that will help you bring restoration to whatever has been lost in your life. Acknowledge that there's more to the situation that you currently see and then humble yourself. Go to God and seek him for more clarity. Ask him to shine his light on that situation so that you can see clearly. He'll begin to show you the root of the matter. He'll begin to show you where the problem really lies. He'll begin to show you actually it's because you're doing this or you didn't do that. Okay, so that is the first, very, very first thing. Acknowledge that you don't know as much as you think you do. Go to God and get his view, his perspective on the situation. Right. Awesome. So that's the first thing. Now, the second thing the Bible recalls that Jesus said is, so number one is she lit a lamp. She put, she, she um, brought light into the situation. The second is the Bible says that she swept the entire house. Hmm. Now, be before I talk about that, you know, when you, if you walk into a dark room, let's say that a room is, you know, a room is dark, right? At night, you walk into the room, it's dark, you can't see anything. And then you flip the switch, you put on the light. You're able to see. So if someone had come into that room and scattered it, you see what's out of place, right? Which is what I said. When the light comes, God will show you what is out of place and what needs to be put back in place. He will show you the quote and unquote dirty areas that need to be swept. All right. I've established that. Okay. Now look at this. It says that she swept the entire house. This is where I think a lot of us Christians actually get it wrong because the sweeping actually is a practical, natural thing. So this is where you interact. The, the broom was in a house, right? So the knowledge, the wisdom that you need is already present in your environment. People would say, let me, let me explain what I mean. So let's say, oh, you know, my marriage, uh, my marriage, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Let's say somebody's marriage is failing, right? So oh, the marriage is failing, as, you know, and then they now begin to pray, right? So they begin to pray and let's even say they've gone through step one and God has, be, you know, he has begun to show them this is the root of that problem. That is why this marriage is like this, etc. right? 
the second step is just as important as the first step. The second step means that person must now need to begin to engage with the wisdom that is already present in the environment. So books, courses, seeking out people that have the same problem and overcame them. The reason why I said a lot of people don't do this is they sit down in the house, say, oh, I'm praying, I'm believing God. Meanwhile, you haven't taken an active step. The next step, all right, was for the woman to go and find a broom. So as in natural wisdom, if you understand what I mean, all right, go and buy books. Once the Holy Spirit shows you where the problem is, if you are building a business and he has shown you that your sales and marketing are not up to par, you're not going to sit at home and say, God, come and teach me sales and marketing. All right. You can pray the prayer for him to lead you to the right person that you need to meet or the right books. But you have to engage the wisdom that you need is already in your environment. It's already on the earth. God is not necessarily going to wake somebody up somewhere and say, now write a book in five days because this person needs it. It's already there. So go and do your research. Go and start, you know, for the example, the person that has God has shown them that their sales and marketing buy courses, read books on sales and marketing. You begin to interact with the wisdom that is already on the earth because the Bible says there is nothing, no temptation that is not common to man. Every, nothing you are going through, right, is unique to you. Millions of people have already gone through it before you. So find those people, whether through their books, whether actually finding them one-to-one and, and sitting down with them. So begin to interact with the wisdom that is already here, not some spiritual spirit stuff. Because she literally picked up a broom. The broom was in her house and she began to sweep. All right. So that was the second thing. That's step two. Once God opens your eyes to what needs to be addressed, you need to begin to engage with the wisdom that is already present in your environment to solve that problem. Books, courses, speaking to people, all right? Someone said, one, you know, very famous preacher said, if he had, I think he began to have problems, and, and, and I'm talking about very successful, someone I respect very much, all right? I, I still watch his videos and, and all of that. And he, and he said, in retrospect, um, he, he was he was having problems with his teenagers and so on, and he said if he had known, right, before his children became teenagers, he would have what read books about how to parent teenagers. That's what I'm talking about. Very spiritual man, you know, man of integrity, doing wonderful things for God, but he's not an expert in parenting. There are people that had issues raising teenagers and they overcame it and they put it in the book. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that's exactly what I'm saying. Practical wisdom. Don't isolate yourself and think, oh, I'm just going to wait and do it, you know, whatever comes to my mind. No, that's a hard way. The easy way is to stand on the shoulders of someone that has already gone ahead of you, has overcome that problem, engage with them, in whatever way, through their books, through conversations or whatever, the wisdom is already here on earth and it is waiting for you.
all right? If you're told that your child isn't doing well at school, it's not about nagging the child or trying to use the same old methods and techniques you've always used for years. The child is now 18, all right? What, you know, <laughs> there are different stages. If it's no longer working, you need to rethink your strategy. So go and find out people, all right? Sit down, speak to people whose children are excelling. What did you do differently? What am I supposed to be doing? What am I doing wrong? Engage with that. It's already present here. It's not in the sky, all right? It is here. And particularly because you have already prayed that prayer in the beginning, step one, the Lord will order your steps aright so that you do not fall prey to wrong advice. He will guide you because you brought God into the situation. In, he, was, he, he was your first source of call. So you're not trying to do it in your own strength. You're saying, Holy Spirit, guide me to the right people. And he will do. I cannot tell you how many times I've faced challenges and I've asked God, all right, I need your wisdom. And randomly, I might just be on Amazon trying to find another book. And then I just see a book. I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. And it will contain exactly what I need to know at that time. These things work. All right. I think it's laziness that actually makes us sit back and say, I'm waiting for it to change. I'm praying about it. Prayer is an active thing. You pray, you receive wisdom, you do. Okay. All right. <laughs> so step two, once God opens your eyes to what needs to be addressed, that's the whole point of you asking God for light. He will show you the root of the matter. He will show you what needs to be addressed. Once that happens, engage with the wisdom that is already present in your environment. I mean, and by your environment, you have the internet, you have Amazon, you have books, you have people within your sphere of influence, and the world has become so small nowadays. Even if they're not physically present in your environment, you can reach out to them. You can send them a message on Facebook or write them an email. So there is actually, in this information age, there is no excuse. There is no excuse. Engage with the wisdom that is already present in your environment to solve that problem because it is solvable. It is solvable. And the last step. So going on to the last step, it now says the final um, sentence or phrase in that verse says, and she looked carefully and diligently until she found it. She looked carefully and diligently until she found it. <laughs> now, this is the hardest part for most people, being able to stick to something and see it through to a satisfactory conclusion. They allow themselves to become distracted by other things. So they'll, so they'll start and then, uh, well, meanwhile, that area is getting worse. Meanwhile, do you see what I mean? It is still heavy on their hearts, but that laziness or allowing, sometimes it's laziness, to be honest, all right? Preferring to spend time doing things that will not add value to someone's life or future. So watching TV, going, you know, all those kind of things that will entertain, right? Give a bit of a buzz, but is it adding value? If that time actually is taking to invest in this area that you're saying, look, this thing must turn around. So it's not going to happen by clicking your fingers. The Bible says that she looked diligently. She searched diligently. She kept going. She looks carefully, meaning she paid attention. A child is misbehaving. You don't blame the teacher. 
If you don't say, oh, why don't the teacher do this? If you, that, and this is one that I hear a lot, okay? And hopefully people will, <laughs> considering 15 years of my life, I dedicated to help, you know, to, to working in schools and, and teaching children. When they tell you that your child is misbehaving at school, do not come up with excuses. Don't say, oh, the work is too easy and he's bored. The work is, you know, da, 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 da. It's not, you know, they're not pushing him. They're not stretching him. They're not, are they not all that children? Are you trying to say that he's the cleverest out of the whole school? And even if he is, that if other children can sit down and do the work, it's not a teacher problem. It is a child problem. Your child can sit still. Don't pass the buck. I've, I've heard this so many times. They did, my, my, you call up a parent and you say, oh, your child didn't do their homework. Whether, and we, you know, he's going to be in detention or whatever. Say, oh, oh well, um, he, got, you know, he was tired or he got back late or he had practice, uh, whatever it is, athletics practice or whatever, and he got back late. Why are you trying to penalize him? These are wrong ways for dealing with things like this. You're literally passing the ball and giving that child a crutch, something to lean on, all right? Like someone that's wounded. Allow the child to take responsibility. So what am I saying? The step three is you have to stay with it. Don't allow other things to distract you. Don't say, oh gosh, I'm so busy at work. I just don't know what to do. And this particular area of your life, you're watching it every day and you can see it deteriorating more and more and more and more. And the only time you really try and do something is if something terrible, you know, something really bad happens, then you're like, oh, I need help in this area. And then you face it for like a week or so. And then you give up and something else catches your attention. It looks like, okay, maybe it settled a little bit. No, it's going to come back. And the, if you leave something, if you, if you look at the human body, if you get wounded on your body and you don't treat it, you don't do anything with it and you say, oh, the pain is not as bad and you leave it, it could get infected. The very nature of this world is it, if it's not treated, if it's not given attention, it will deteriorate, it will get worse and worse and could kill the person. So it is deciding, this woman, the Bible says she looked carefully and diligently until she found what was lost. So she took that area of her life and she said, until this comes back and is restored to how God has said it, until my health gets back, I'm not giving up. Until my marriage is restored, until my children get back on track, I'm not giving up. Until my finances, so you keep at it. You stay with it and don't give up until you have seen the full manifestation of the change that you desire. I'm talking months if necessary, sometimes even years. That's what diligence is. So if you're not willing to commit that amount of time, then honestly, I can say this bluntly and boldly, you really don't want change in that area. You're just saying, oh, I want it, but you don't. This, right? You don't because it takes diligence for you to actually transform any area of your life. It's not going to fall on you like it. It's not going to happen by somebody laying hands on you and saying by the anointing, let this child stop misbehaving at school. By the anointing, let this marriage be healed. There is dedication that is required, right? Lay hands on you and say, finances become a millionaire now. 
It's not going to happen like that. It takes dedication, it takes commitment, and it takes a firm resolve that I'm sticking with this. I'm not going to let anything else distract me from this until I see it restored to where I want it to be. It's not easy to do. It takes time, it takes energy, it takes effort, it takes commitment, and it takes dedication. All right? Now, let me round up with this. Let me round up with this. It now says in Luke 59 that when she had found it, so this woman stuck with it. She was diligent, all right? She was diligent and she stuck with it. When she was found it, she summoned her friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me for I have found the silver coin which I had lost. I found the silver coin which I had lost. Notice she didn't call the crowd until the thing was resolved. Another problem is in the beginning, we call the crowd. You don't need the crowd. Remember step one is to go to God to shine his light on that situation. You may find one or two people that walk that journey with you, but certainly not the crowd. She didn't start by calling the crowd, telling everybody, telling everybody, telling everybody. Do you know that if you tell everybody and on the guys that please pray for me, please pray for me, number one, they're not praying. I'm telling you. When <laughs> people say, oh, pray for me, pray for me. Most people are not praying for you, okay? You, there's nobody that can pray for you except for you. You are the only person guaranteed that can really pray for yourself, all right? A lot of people, when they say, I'm standing with you, they're not. So why are you tell, telling them? One or two people that you know that, you know, they will stand with you and they mean it when they say, I'm standing with you. Yes, don't go and spread it because when you spread the problem, when you spread and tell many, you're actually multiplying the problem because behind your back, people are saying, ah, can you see what's happening with this person? Even if it's not malicious, even if they're just, you know, trying to tell somebody else, yes, they're contributing their own negative words to the situation. You don't need it. This woman did not call the crowd until the very end. And she only called them to come and rejoice, meaning she brought them in to enter into her joy, all right? To partake of the happiness and the celebration with her and also to inspire them. Look at what has happened. Look at what the Lord has done. Look at, you know, how this area of my life has been restored. That is when you call the crowd. Not before, not during the process but afterwards when that area has been restored, okay? So those are the three steps that I have extracted. And this, you know, the Holy Spirit literally brought this back to my mind. I have practiced these for years. That this is not something that I just saw this week to come and share with you in Bible study. As I was asking God, you're right, okay, which, which of these topics are we looking at this week? He brought me back to this. So maybe actually somebody needs to hear this. This three steps I have practiced, all right, for years and years and years, and it works. So let me recap. If there's an area of your life that you have enjoyed a good measure of success so your child has always behaved well at school got good grades your finances have always been fine and up there your marriage is smooth or whatever it is your health your whatever and then suddenly or maybe not suddenly over a period of time that area begins to deteriorate that's what i'm talking about recovering what was lost what are the three steps okay that will guarantee that you will 
bring back to um, how, or even to a greater level, right? Either back to where it was, where you were happy with it, or even to another level, what are the three things that you need to do? The first one is you need to acknowledge that there's more to the situation that you currently see. You have to humble yourself and say, I don't know enough. There's a knowledge and wisdom gap. You can't say, I've done everything I can. I've done everything. I've done everything. So what else do you want me to do? And you start pointing fingers and blaming people. Humble yourself and acknowledge that there's a gap. There's something you don't know. That's why the situation is like that. Humble yourself also to understand that there are changes in seasons. So because you have done it a certain way in the past that has brought you success, does not mean that in this new season that you are going to keep doing the same thing. So it's being teachable and saying, yes, I did it this way and it worked for me in the past, but it has stopped working. I'm not going to keep banging my head on the wall. I'm going to, you know, go and ask God. So it is to go to God and ask him to shine his light on that situation and show you exactly what you need to do. And the second thing is once God shows you what to do, he will show you what is out of place. He will show you the root of the matter. He will show you what needs to change and be transformed. He will show you what, you know, what area, whatever it is. All right. Um, so for the child, it might show you oh, that's misbehaving at school. It might show you the problem is anger. The root is anger. The child always wants to get his way. And when he doesn't get his way, so he will bring wisdom. Things that you did not see before, the Holy Spirit will show you. Once that happens, um, the wisdom that you already, that you need to overcome that challenge, to address that area that God has shown you is already present in your environment. It's already present. You don't need to cross seven seas and swim a million oceans to find it. It is already present in your environment through books, through courses, through finding people that have gone through this kind of situation and overcoming because there's no temptation that will come to you that is not common to man. Everything you face in your life, somebody else, in fact, not somebody, many, many, many people have already faced it. The Holy Spirit, you started the process with him. He will guide you to the right books. Do your research, go on the internet and begin to search. How do you um, help a child overcome anger? And look for books and see what people say. With the help of the Holy Spirit, help you filter off, filter out the ones that are wrong, and it will lead you to exactly the one that you need. It might be one page on the internet that will transform that child's life. And the last one is there is no quick fix. The Bible says that the woman looked carefully and diligently until she found that coin. She didn't give up. She didn't allow herself to be sidetracked or distracted by anything. She didn't allow laziness to get in the way. She stuck with it to the very end. So my step three is whatever it is, wisdom that you have acquired, you need to apply it and stay with it. Don't give up until you have seen the full manifestation of that change that you desire in your life. So that brings me to the end of this. Um, so we're looking at how to bring restoration to an area of life that was lost in three steps. Hey, before you go, do me a favor. If you've enjoyed today's podcast or any of the ones that you've listened to, can you please share with friends, family and colleagues? Thanks.